Hey, welcome Kingdom Real Estate Investors to our Wednesday edition of the podcast show. This is an excerpt from our live real estate show we do every single week with business owners, real estate investors from all over the country. If you're enjoying this and you want to join us every week or see who our next guest is that we're going to be hosting this week, go to thekingdomrei.com forward slash live. That's thekingdomrei.com forward slash live to join us and register and again to see what special guests we'll be bringing on this week. Enjoy the episode. We'll get her on. She'll be here. I am here. Hi guys. How are you? Hi Kaylee. Hi Ellis. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. Good to see you guys. Thanks for having me. Are you in San Diego? No, I'm near San Francisco. Okay. You should have came down. We, we have a Queens of Real Estate plus Ellis party, but it's all right. So next time, next time. So Kaylee, what what do we need to know about Sarah? I mean, what what's you know clearly this was like we got to have Sarah on the show. So I'm excited to to get to know Sarah and kind of hear what you're up to. I think Sarah's brain is incredible. Like when it comes to trying to figure out you know how we can bring people together and educate them at a really simple level on opportunities that they didn't know existed like I had to have her help to educate a friend of mine who had a whole bunch of I don't know I would say you know they're not super luxury homes but they're like expensive townhomes you know here in a nice area or well not here but in Texas um, and how she had bought everything with cash and then how she didn't understand how much leverage she was missing out on and the fact that she could pull cash out and be able to invest in these deals where she didn't have to actually do all the, the renovating and the flipping and the management and all that stuff um, and you know, anyway, she just didn't understand that she was, I think making like 3% return or something like that. So Sarah, yeah, some of them were like 2%. I was like, <laughs> me to educate her. It's like, yeah, you know, you can make like 15 to 20% annualized, you know, possibly. Sarah, so, who educated you? Who, who, who was your first mentor in this space? Um, okay. So probably like eight years ago now I took a RE mentor. Uh, uh, no, I started with, um, rich dad, poor dad. I read that book and then I took a ton of courses and coaching through Rich Dad Poor Dad. And then people who I'm partnered with now is through the RA Mentor uh, Network. A couple of years ago, I took another course with them and uh, through networking, we hooked up and are working together. But that being said, that wasn't around, the education that I got was around like how to put deals together, not from an investor mindset. Um, I'm, you know, I'm in San Francisco now, I was in Silicon Valley working in tech. And so I learned because I was on the other side. I was the W-2 investor who was looking for something better than three to 5%. And I started in single family homes and I was like, cool, this is a lot of work. And, um, and I'm getting like 50 or a hundred dollars a month per door for my duplexes. Like it's going to take me a long time to, <laughs> to get financially free this way. And right. so, um, so a lot of just like you know, my, my corporate career in numbers helped me in this space because now I do exactly what Kaylee said. I meet with investors one-on-one -on -one and like real quick, real laser, we take 20, 25, 30 minutes and I can redo their whole portfolio. I have these financial models. We plug in like, what do you own? What can you leverage? What can you make? And completely like they come out and they're like, bam, like my financial future is totally different because they don't know what they don't know. A lot of people don't know syndications are a thing and what kind of returns you can make passively. And a lot of people are working really hard on their single family home rentals. Like Kaylee said, like all cash and they don't realize like you have $3 million 
in assets and they think about what's my return on investment. And I try to get people to think about what is your return on your asset? Like you could pull $2 million out of there, put it in a syndication at 8% cash flow. Hello, that's a lot of money that you're just sitting there because you're like worried about, I'm not sure how to do math. So, so, that, <laughs> so that's what I love doing. Sarah, so I'm curious because so you're meeting with you know high income earners, essentially tech people, San Francisco based, um, probably would so you say most of your clients are doing 200K a year or more? Yes, the majority are accredited investors. Yes, even though I'm in the Bay Area, my investors are all over the U.S. Right. And so do what everything you, virtual. So yeah. Talk to me some of the things that like, you know, that, that you see on a consistent basis that really, like what are some of the big light switches for people? You talked about the return on asset, which I really love that idea. But from yeah. a practical standpoint, if someone's thinking about how to really build their, you know, portfolio in such a way that benefits their lifestyle, what are some of the kind of big light bulb moments or things that you help people switch and speak about that from if, if I'm going to take this whole portfolio and move it to a syndication, how does that affect me from a tax standpoint too? Yeah, well, the, the, the taxing, that's a really big question because there's like 101 depends in there. But right. um, so I'll say like one of the biggest ahas, which probably a lot of people listening right now already know this, but a ton of people out there don't. Well, again, that, but that's helpful though, because most people might not be telling this to investors. So whatever those ahas are, we can still yeah. The, the biggest aha is you can roll over old 401k money into a self-directed IRA and use that to invest. So when I talk to investors that are like, oh, you know, I only have 25K in my checking. And I'm like, what about a 401k? But yeah, I got like a million and a half in there. Okay, what is it doing? Yeah, I'm not really sure. Okay, go check. Okay, it's getting like 5%. Okay, we'll roll it into a self-directed IRA, then invest in a syndication. You'll double it in like five years what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's one of the biggest. Um, how do you help people yeah. go check on their 401k? Most people probably don't even know how to go do this. So do you instruct them on how to go check how their 401k is doing? Well, I mean, it depends on where they're. No, I just say, go, go figure out your paperwork and, and call me back in a but week. But I think most people probably don't even know how to go do that. Like that's, that's how passive this 401k thing is. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You don't know what your fees are. You probably don't even know how to check it. So, okay. But that's helpful. So they need to go maybe contact their yeah. So sometimes I do like, you know, you see all these five day challenges out there. So sometimes I'll do a five day challenge and like one day talk about the benefits of you've seen your, your self-directed IRA. And then that night, the homework is go find all your retirement accounts. What do they total to and what do they making? And people are like, oh my gosh, that blew my mind. Literally people go look and they're like, oh, I forgot about this one from like 10 years ago when I worked at whatever company, and it's got like 20K there. Like, okay, 20K is not going to do much by itself. However, if you roll those together, like all these little, especially nowadays, people move jobs like every two, four years, right? So sometimes there's all these little piles all over the place where it's like 20, 25, 35. And at that amount, they're not really paying attention to them. So if they gather them up, roll them together in a self-directed, and now you got a self-directed with 200 in it, that's really powerful. Um, Sarah, you're blowing my mind here. So hold on. Let's go back to the challenge real quick. So you, yeah. what's your challenge call when you do it? Oh, I, I just make up a new name every time to see what, what works. What's working? I'm curious. What's been your last one? Uh, you know, it was all kinds of things like like build your legacy, build your dream life. Oh, um, so good. And uh, so for five days, you'll kind of walk them through how to yeah. maybe move into a syndication or how to just kind of build their portfolio around this. Yeah. And also how to set financial goals. So some people, they look at an investment 
like just a, like this investment and they say, is this a good or bad investment? And it's like, well, it depends. Like, are you, do you need cash flow today? Maybe a 12% cash flow fund is better for you today because you're 80 and you're living on a fixed income. Oh, are you 40 and you have this great tech job and you're just going to keep working in your great tech job? Well, then you don't care about 12% cash flow. You want to find something that has the 25% annualized returns. You're in wealth building mode. So you want to, you know, maximize the building. And so getting people to think about like, you know, syndications pump out all in funds and real estate, they pump out all different kinds of returns. And so a good deal for Sarah might be different from a good deal from Kaylee, right? Right. Because of what our financial goals are and where we are in our career, our active or passiveness and that sort of thing. Some people, you know, it's better if they just start flipping, you know, single family homes because they're all in and they can make a lot of money that way. And they don't have much income to start, you know, much um, saved up to start investing. So there's so many different ways. So yeah, this is what I'll do is like, think about what are your goals first? And, and then what do you have available? You know, where is your money? And then, um, and, and then let's look at, so I also do this thing where it's like 15 different types of ways you can make money in real estate. Cause we're talking about syndications today, but you know, there's land flipping, single family home flipping, um, mobile homes. Like there's so many things. Right. And so then I show people like, here's the range. Now here's the numbers. Now pick the thing based on the numbers that match your goals and, and let's work backwards from there. And, you know, there's all, so, so yeah, that's basically what I do in all kinds of different formats, whether it's a challenge, whether it's a three-day workshop. What's your offer typically? My, my syndications, you mean? Well, just your offer on the back of a challenge or the back of a workshop. Is it invest with you in? Yeah. An investment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let me just stop you real quick, Sarah. I just think like, the challenges, like I think sometimes get posted as like, you got to have like, you got to be like an online educator or online guru or mm. whatever. If you don't know what a challenge is, it's typically like a three to five day, one hour event. So instead of like a virtual summit, it's broken over a couple of days, it's one hour. And you have one objective is to help whatever, you know, your, your ideal client get from point A to point Z. And I just think like what you're doing is so helpful, Sarah, like you're showing yourself as an expert, you're providing tremendous value for, for, limited partners or investors and your offer is not some course that you have it's hey if you're interested in investing in deals that like this maybe you don't do everything but if you're in this category or when you get to this category i'm your girl <laughs> you know <Yeah>. like <laughs> so i just i think that's brilliant i really um i think uh, i don't have the capacity at the moment but i think there's probably people on this webinar today that could be doing something very similar. And you don't need 200 people at your challenge. If you had five, 10, 15 people every month to come to your five day challenge, that would be really significant as a con, you know, the compounding impact of that. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And I think whatever you end up educating them on, as long as like the main thing is educate people. So, you know, us being in this world, like we think, oh, this is really, um, you know, common sense. Everyone knows this because we're in this bubble. But so many people out there who are going to be LP investors, they have no idea. And so just like educate, 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 like influence them with knowledge. You know, if you have a deal coming up, like we have a deal right now that's open and it has 1.1 to one depreciation. So like that's super powerful. But if you say that to someone who has no idea what depreciation is, they don't understand the value of your offer. So then I take a couple of weeks before I offer and just like 
educate on depreciation, educate on, you know, how you use it in your tax strategy planning, educate, and then here's something that you can invest in to actually use what you just learned. Yeah. So, so funny you say that. Like last night we did a webinar for a deal and we didn't even like, because I know depreciation and call segregation and bonus depreciation would just go over because the deal by itself was good enough. We didn't even, we didn't even put it in the webinar like the depreciation that people are going to get on the asset, which is a huge benefit for this deal. And we didn't even talk on it because I know as soon as I start talking about bonus depreciation, how that applies to your K1, people are going to be like, so what's my return? Yeah. The whole point is like what I'm saying and not, this is not to pick on LPs. The point is what I'm saying is like, imagine the conviction, the bigger conviction that people would have to invest in you invest with you if they understood all of the complexities of how these deals work with you. And so being able to do that over five days through a challenge model or, you know, taking more time. It's brilliant, Sarah. It's brilliant. Yeah. Even just regular webinars, just hop on for 45 minutes, talk about what you know about a certain topic and just do it regularly. So people see you as someone who consistently shows up and cares about them and educate them. And like you said, like you don't want to also you don't want to be teaching when you're presenting an offering because that's too much. People are trying to learn while they're trying to make a decision. That's not good for your brain and psychology. You want to learn when there's no offer on the table. So educate, not at the same time you're making an offer. And then they understand the benefit and they let it sink in while they're not trying to decide, do I trust you or is this a good deal or anything like that? They just like get the knowledge, get the knowledge, get the knowledge, and then totally separately make your offer once they they already have the knowledge. That's really good. That's really good. Yeah. And we, cause we talk so much about building a stage or a platform and you know, this is a stage or a platform for our mastermind kingdom REI. But again, so mm-hmm. we, and we'll take these videos, we'll take this segment already tiled it using challenges to raise capital, we'll put it on YouTube. Right. And so you can, and now if someone says, well, how do I use a challenge to raise capital? I'm going to send them this, in, this interview with Sarah, you know, and, and we could do the same thing with investors. How does depreciation work? Well, hey, I did a 45 minute webinar. It's on YouTube. Let me send it over to you that you yep. can watch, right? So it's it's, yep. it's having something consistent, but something you can refer back to. Kaylee, mm-hmm. I mean, this this is awesome. What 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 are we missing here? What what would be what are some other questions um that that you thought of for for Sarah today? Or what what should what else should we we be diving into? Well, I think that the way that she's able to sim- simplify it, you know, to, to where people can, like you said, kind of take it in bite-sized pieces, that's important, you know, because I think one of the biggest things that I've kind of learned over time is that whenever you're uh, you're raising money or people are getting involved with even partnerships is to let them come to you um, instead of go to them. So um, like making sure that they can ask questions, they have the information, um, but then if they are coming to you by getting that time and like not, not having pressure and whatever, then you know for sure that they've made that decision, you know? So I think that's really important. So stepwise is, is like hands off the, the, the best thing to talk about. Now, if you're new um, at syndicating or want to get uh, into that world or that realm, I guess, one thing I had a conversation with somebody about yesterday was the process of getting started. So um, one thing that was really hard for me because I don't come from a very affluent family. I don't really come from people who still to this day will even invest in me. I have one cousin in Alaska who just did finally seven deals later, you know, but um, yeah, anyway. And so it just is what it is. And so, you know, whenever you're, you're reaching out to people and you're, you're having these, um, these calls and webinars and you're, you're educating people 
um, it's important that they also interact. And I think that that's one thing that Sarah's also really good at too, is making sure that like, you know, that they're actively asking for information. Um, and I had another point, but I totally spaced. Um, but anyway, I think Sarah's awesome at being able to do that. Oh, there, that was a point. So uh, when you're getting started, um, building up that network and taking the time to do what Sarah's doing, and you can do it in so many different ways as well, whether it's in person, now we can start doing that again or whatever. But you want to make sure that that everybody, um, that before you're actually raising for a deal, depending on, again, the, the kind of offering that you guys are doing, typically, like when I started, it was a, a regulation D exemption. So it was a 506B or buddies, like friends and family. And so you already had to have that list of people like stacked up that you had conversations with or that you uh, interacted with or gave a freebie to or, or whatever. They asked for more information or had a phone call. And so uh, one thing I used to store information for all of those relationships that I built before we went under contract was um, was MailChimp or sorry, not MailChimp was um, JotForm and creating like a simple form for people to kind of opt in or be able to say, hey, I'm interested in getting that freebie or a call or whatever. And it timestamps immediately right then and there, like when uh, you guys first interacted and actually I have it, uh, I have a zap or use Zapier to put it into a Google uh, sheet. So immediately it starts like building a new row every time somebody um, comes into any of my forms. Mm -hmm. So it's something that makes it easy, automated. And then also, you know, to where if someone has an issue later and they have questions, it's like, look, I have it right here. This is when we first talked. Um, so that's, that's really helpful because when I first got into my first deal, it, it was really rough trying to get into this very small pool of people that were like, well, this is your first time. So, okay, let's go to my alumni. Let's go to, you know, like people that are, are educating alongside me and their, their brothers and sister, you know, so the first. And I do think Kaylee, like to that point, when you don't have a lot of experience or track record, mm -hmm. like my, I mean, let's be honest, I'm not, I haven't been in this business for very long, um, but you know why I don't get that question a lot? Like what's your track record or you haven't done many deals? It's because I put out more content than, than most people that they would ever invest with. And so it's like, I am, because I'm perceived as man, okay, I do know my stuff because I teach on it, I educate, I talk about it. Why would I not trust Ellis? And that's not pulling away from my track. That's not pulling away from my expertise in this industry. I'm just pointing that out to anyone that's listening, and maybe thinking, oh, mm -hmm. I, I got to have a lot of experience to get in. I'm like, no, you don't. You need to, you need to be well, good at your craft. But the way you accelerate that process is by education and showing yourself as a person of influence. So excellent point there. Sarah, um, Kate, I want to ask you guys a personal question, if you don't mind. This is the Queens of Real Estate show. This is all women's panel. We have an audience of all men. Um, and so there's something very interesting about that, probably because most of my audience is men, unfortunately. Um, trying to change that with an all-women panel. Um, so... Let, let me ask you this, because I have a daughter now, she's a month. I'm just curious, like, as a woman in this industry, what are what are some of the challenges that maybe are not perceived if you're not a woman? And what are you guys doing to help kind of overcome some of those things that we can learn from? Um, I think one thing that I perceived, um, I don't know how to say this, um, because I've forgotten it now. I've like written it off my mind where it's like, I don't believe that anymore. So I'm trying to remember what it was. But at first, um, I don't know if it was doubt or if it was, I might have to come back to this one. There was something when I first started that I was like, oh, immediately men think this. And I'm like, well, because I believe that that's the truth, you know? And oh, here's, here it is. 
So uh, when I started, I thought that, okay, um, every guy that I talk to that sees that I'm young and single, and if they're young and single, or even if they're not young or single, whatever, if they're just the opposite sex, and I'm always going to have this barrier of having to, you know, stay six feet away or like, you know, have, make sure that, you know, I'm not wearing lipstick or just do all these things to make sure that, um, that, uh, they perceive me as professional because, um, they just can't control themselves. And I'd say a majority of of people are like that. But however, when I change the belief to going, no, there are guys out there who respect me, who uh, would never go there, who would never ask me inappropriate questions, who don't want to know about my relationship status because that doesn't freaking matter. We're here to work together and make money. Those people then started showing up into my life because I believe they're out there. So the people that don't align with that kind of start going away. So um, like I said, I no longer believe that anymore. So that this isn't part of my reality. But is okay. I to think of a point, but just to um, and uh, please, we don't take offenses. But is it not? Is it bad to be attractive and the sponsor? Like, can you not? Was, was that was that just something a barrier in your mind? But I'm like, is that is that a problem that you can be both attractive and a great sponsor? Why was that a barrier for you? You want people to take you seriously and still move forward working with you and investing with you versus like seeing like, oh, you know, this is an attractive person and not hear what you say. Because that can happen sometimes where it's like, I mean, it happens to me where I see someone who's beautiful and they talk and I have no idea what they said because I'm looking at how beautiful they are. <laughs> they still want to give you the money though. What's the matter? <laughs> I mean, like if they want to well, give you the 50K. <laughs> like I said, um, it's important to know that the people are choosing you. Yeah. You know, that they're fully educated. They're fully aware. They know what's going on. They come reach out to you and they invest with you. Um, and so somebody that just might like one thing about you, and that's the reason why they choose to invest They're, they usually will come back and later either have some concerns or questions, or I didn't know, or it causes bigger issues for you in the long term, you know, because, um, because of that. And I've, I've had that happen a couple of times before. And, you know, the relationship in my eyes was very professional, but I could just tell the way that the person kind of looked at me and some of the questions they asked and some like sweet little emails I'd get. And I'm like, this is weird. You know, like this is not professional. I'm just here to make you money. You know what I mean? Like, so usually. And I'll say for me, well, I want to make one comment on the, the challenge thing, because Kaylee said something that made me remember if you're doing a 506 B at the end of your challenge, offer like a 30 minute strategy call or something like that, but make it valuable. Not like a 30 minute call with Sarah, make it like, you know, we're going to have a half an hour call. We're going to go over these four things. You're going to come out with, you know, this financial plan or whatever it is. Because if it's a 506B, you don't want to be offering it at the end of your challenge straight up like that. You need to get to know them first. And so then, hold on real quick. You mean yeah. you'll do a challenge and you offer the actual deal at the end of the challenge? Like you've done that? Yes. If it's a C, if it's a C. Has that worked? Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Incredible. Um, I love doing this. I learn something every time. All right. Yeah. But, but I've also done it where I do the, the events and I offer a strategy call if I know I have a B coming up, you know? So anyway, just want to throw it out there. So I would say um, to answer the direct question about like female, male, I don't know if this is directly female, male, but this is one of the biggest things for me in the beginning is that when I'd have a conversation with someone and we'd make an agreement and we'd shake hands, I would say, okay, we have an agreement. And I would assume that that's how it was going to be. And I wouldn't say, okay, let's put it in writing. We're going to get a contract. Like when we're form, form, 
forming partnerships or just agreements, how we're going to do things together. And so I kind of feel like that's a more female way of doing things is like, you know, if Kaylee and I are going to do something together, eventually it'll be on paper with the attorney, right? Of course, because we have documents around this, but initially like, okay, you want to do this, this, that, okay, cool. And we'll go forward with that understanding. Um, I had so many experiences with men where I would have that approach where I'd be like, we'd, we'd both verbally say something, we'd agree, we'd start going forward. And then they would just like do something that, you know, I provided the value and then I was left in the dust and it happened twice. And then I was like, okay, I've learned my lesson. Um, you know, I have to get things in writing upfront. I mean, eventually now I have a partnership that I just stick with because I'm tired of getting burned like that. Um, but I think that is, you know, that never happened with a, a female um, where we made an agreement, a verbal agreement and, you know, virtually shook hands on it and moved forward and then got blindsided because they were like, oh, it wasn't in writing. I don't have to, you know, give you anything. Thanks for doing that work for me. <laughs> so I've had it happen with a woman for sure. Okay. So wow. I didn't agree to any of that, but I'm like, but it makes sense. You know, we're supposed to be anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just very trusting in that way. So, um, protect yourself as a comedian. Uh, in yeah, a legal right. <laughs> really helpful. Sarah, listen, we have Deep who just joined, and I want to bring yeah. her on. I want to thank you so much for coming on this show. What you shared was incredibly helpful and insightful for everyone who's here. Um, I love and, the challenge model. I would love to be invited to your challenge next time you do one. Okay. And so um, please put me on your uh, your invite list for your okay, next Okay, we'll account. do. Yeah, I love it. Learner. I'm always looking for great investment opportunities, but I love learning, especially marketing. So sound like you're doing some cool things. So please, please share that with me. And I would like to give you a chance if anyone wants to follow you or learn about future challenges, how can we do that? Um, yeah, sugocapital.com is my company. So um, you if you go that? to S-U-G-O, S-U-G-O, sugocapital.com. And on the website, there's a place you can put in your email address and then you can, there's a contact form. All my contact information's on there as well. So you can reach out sugocapital.com. Sarah, thanks so yep. much. Uh, Kaylee, yeah. anything else for Sarah before we, before we let, her, let her go? You're awesome. Thank you guys for having me. This is super fun. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is. Listen, if you're a faith-driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to thekingdomrei.com to learn about our mastermind. If you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes, then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that. Cheers. Cheers.